Hey everyone, this is Eric Endress, the host of In Case of Emergency, the podcast where we talk about keeping people safe and managing and responding to workplace emergencies. Welcome to episode three, which is being recorded from our home city of Ramsey, New Jersey. Each week, I sit down with all sorts of people who play roles in keeping people safe, school administrators, law enforcement officers, firefighters, emergency managers, and a wide array of people with expertise or experience worth sharing. For those of you who are new, just a bit about me and how I got here. I'm the CEO of OnScene Technologies, and I spent 30 years in the volunteer fire rescue service in my hometown of Ramsey. I'm also a recipient of the New York City Mayor Award for Heroism and Bravery. More than five years ago, my team and I set out to create products that would transform the way organization leaders and public safety incident commanders manage workplace emergencies. And today, our product, Share 911, is deployed in school districts and government agencies and corporations of all sizes. Along the way, we've been very fortunate to meet and connect with many interesting people who share our passion for keeping people safe, which brings me to my guest today, Tim Dimhoff. Tim is a multi-certified, award-winning, and internationally recognized security and human resource management consultant, speaker, author, media commentator, and expert witness who's helped governments, communities, education facilities, houses of worship, and companies plan for and respond to disasters for over 40 years. He's the president and founder of SACS Consulting and Investigative Services, a high-risk human resource and security consulting investigation firm based in Akron, Ohio. Before that, he served as a detec detective with the Akron, Ohio Police Department and on a federal law enforcement task force. He was named Ohio's top police officer, a State of Ohio Distinguished Law, en law Enforcement Service Award in 1989, and he was awarded the International Narcotics Special Award of Honor for the, in 1991. Tim also played an integral role in providing security during the 2016 National Republican Convention in Cleveland, Ohio. He's the author of several books, including Life Rage, and has developed numerous corporate training programs on workplace violence, active shooter, sexual harassment, self-defense, and has been featured on dozens of security-related articles for major newspapers and magazines. And all of that is exactly why I asked him to join me today. Last Friday, February 15th, we all were witness to yet another shooting happening in a workplace, this time Aurora, Illinois. And what made me think about Tim was the presentation where I met him for the first time, where he talked about the exact scenario that unfolded in Aurora the other day. Tim, that had to be pretty surprising to you to see a scenario that you often warn people about actually play out in real time. What were your thoughts and uh, what can you share now that we have more information about it? Well, I think it's very ironic that this situation uh, that came up in Aurora, Illinois, almost played out exactly to what we've been warning companies and organizations from schools, churches, businesses to nonprofits about when you're dealing with aggressive and active shooters in the workplace. So when you make your presentation, you often warn people and you say, you know, if you're going to terminate someone, you need to be prepared, whether that's to have a team of people with you, you just cannot go into it blind, especially with someone who has the profile of this gentleman. You know, what we know now, three days later, is that he had an extensive criminal background. He had been arrested six times by the Aurora Police Department 
had threatened to kill people, had domestic violence issues, all sorts of stuff. So I guess the, the first question is, and, I, and you know, I, I'm really hoping that this can benefit employers, how can they be better prepared to discipline or terminate someone who may actually pose a serious danger to them or their, uh, the rest of their staff? Well, this is an excellent, uh, this excellent question that you're asking. And the, bo the bottom line is that um, we have to be very systematic in how we're doing this. And let me explain a couple things as it relates to this and could relate to others. First thing is if the person knows they're going to be terminated, as this person did, and realized that he was going to be terminated, you are giving him the opportunity to come to that work meeting of termination and be fully prepared to be extremely aggressive. So the question first comes up, is that person going to expect to be terminated? If the answer to that is yes, then what we need to do is not to have that person physically come to the workplace for the termination. So any hint, clue, or knowledge that they're going to be terminated, it should not take place at the workplace. It can take place by phone with them at their home. It can take place in other public areas, but the best advice is for it to take place by phone and let them be at home if they have any inkling that it's going to happen. In cases where they have an inkling or knowledge, as in Aurora that just happened, Aurora, Illinois, he knew he was going to be terminated. He already had several incidences leading up to this meeting. It was no secret of what was going to take place. Once again, it should never take place at the workplace if that knowledge of termination exists. Um, so I, I totally agree with you. I'm just trying to think of where would be a better place to do it. Um, you know, or if you have the person, you're doing it by phone, which would seem to be safer, you know, how should an organization then prepare for potential retaliation. In the case of this guy, I would think he probably would have, if you had called him on the phone, he probably would have shown up there either immediately or maybe at five o'clock, or you might live in fear for some time that, that, you know, Joe, the guy we fired is, you know, a crazy lunatic and he's going to potentially show up any day at any time. You know, if a lot of these places don't have armed security, they don't have even access control systems, what would be your recommendation to someone who, you know, even if they're going to go with your advice, terminate the person remotely, now what do you do? How do you protect the employees? That's a good question. And the bottom line uh, is very simple. Uh, in my company, Sachs Consulting, we do this all the time. We actually have a system and a team that responds to these types of requests where companies don't have security or protocols in place. There's lots of security companies, off-duty police, different types of things. You have to make a determination. First thing is you need to examine, has this person been a problem? Have they been threatening in the past? 
Do they have an arrest record? Have they been a problem in their community, in their workplace? We do know those answers. And if those answers are yes, then you have a higher probability for an aggressive reaction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Secondly, you absolutely want determination to take place. Let him stay home, do a phone conference. Reason being is many people, when they're terminated, if they're at home, it gives an opportunity for them, yes, to get upset, but it also gives them an opportunity to diffuse, to right. cool off, to change their mind, to talk to others. So you increase the probability, or I should say decrease the probability of them reacting by having them terminated away from the workplace. Anytime you can buy time or physical distance, when you terminate someone that is a pretty much a confirmed problem or aggressor, you are increasing your chances of not having some type of retaliation. Now, once you do that, you terminate them away from the workplace, you buy time and distance, the next thing you need to do is you need to deactivate, if they have electronic access, all electronic access, you need to make people aware of management and people aware of the fact that he's been terminated. You, If his vehicle or he is seen anywhere on the property, the police are to be notified immediately. You should also provide the police with a photo of him, a picture of his car, description of him, and the fact that, quote unquote, he is a potential ticking time bomb and tell them you would appreciate any help. The last thing you can do is provide temporary security there at your front entrances and door uh, in case he might come back. So there are proactive things you can do. Sure. That's great advice. So a lot of people in response to active shooter incidents like this, you immediately and often hear a call for background checks or better background checks. Um, you know, to prevent bad people or people with mental disabilities from getting firearms. But in this case, the weapon that was used was not legally owned. It was apparently supposed to have been turned in as a result of a um, an arrest that this guy had been involved in. He didn't turn the weapon in. And he has a, a extensive, you know, criminal history. So I'm not an expert on HR. I don't know if you know the answer to this. But how would an employer be able to determine that they have an employee working there that has this kind of background? You know, he maybe he's, we don't know if he's worked there for 20 years or if he started working there last year, but are employers able to get this information? And if so, what should they do with it? I, I don't think we want to say, hey, if you've been arrested 20 years ago, you can't have a job anywhere. But certainly if I saw th this guy's, criminal history that he has, I probably would go out of my way to choose another person to come work in my warehouse. Yeah, you know, we all have skeletons in the closet. We all have made mistakes at different times in our lives. The, the clue to these types of situations is, does the person have a pattern or multiple areas of concern? In this guy's instance, situation he was arrested six times i believe right he has an extensive type of record and those are the type of people that 
don't learn, don't want to change, and have a continuous pattern of aggression or violence. So that's what you're looking for. You're looking for criminal behavior, civil behavior, domestic issues, uh, multiple jobs, all the normal red flags. And those are the people that you should establish a protocol for not hiring those people and really understanding. Plus, when you're gonna terminate someone, there's nothing wrong with getting an update on their background. Maybe recently they had some issues going on. Maybe they had a divorce, um, bankruptcy, a drug arrest, a theft arrest, a, um, uh, a uh, unduly uh, public type of violence, um, a complaint filed against them. So you really want to look for those clusters of red flags, and that tells you where you're at. You also want to see what's going on currently. What's this person been involved in in the last one to two years? I'm not worried about them 20 years ago, but I'm worried about the last year or two of mm -hmm. what's been going on. And once again, in this case with Aurora, Illinois, this gentleman had all the red flags, all the recent red flags of aggression, and they wanted to terminate him as fast as they could and they sped it up, and they also had recent confrontations with him at the workplace, mm -hmm. plus his criminal record, plus the police were familiar with him. This one is a real obvious danger, danger. Don't bring him to work to terminate. Right. And, and if you're going to, make sure you have the SWAT team on hand already. Well, the other option you got when you do something like that on the job, you need to have someone in that room who's uh, trained to do those kind of things and be there. And I hate to say it, but they need to be armed. Right. And I do, I do want to mention one other thing. It's don't always think it's going to come down to a gun. It could be a knife, a gun. Oh, sure. It could be a crowbar. It could be a baseball bat. So there's lots of ways to get aggressive and do damage. Yep, yep. So I, I know you're driving, and for the people who are listening who are wondering why there's some background noise, uh, Tim was uh, kind enough to, to make time while he's driving uh, over to New York from Ohio, so I apologize for any of the background noise. Um, Tim, if people are interested in learning more about how your company can help them or have questions for you, how should they go about reaching you? What's the best way? Well, I think you could just call me direct at 330 Eleven oh one, and they also can go to our website saxconsulting.com. That's S A C S saxconsulting.com. Sax Consulting's all one word. We'd be glad to help out. We specialize in responding to terminated employee threats throughout the United States. We have the first and only response team uh, on the private side besides uh, having response teams from law enforcement. We do it on a regular basis. That's outstanding. I, I hope people uh, take, uh, take you up on your offer to help them. I'm sure that there's a lot of need for this. And with that being said, we're going to wrap up this episode. Uh, if you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe. Uh, the podcast is now available on everything from Spotify to iTunes and Anchor, um, any format. Uh, subscribe. We've pushed out three episodes so far. 
Um, we have a long line of people who want to uh, get involved, which is fantastic. And be sure to visit OnSceneTechnologies.com for any more information about what my company does and uh, Share911, our platform for critical event management. Tim, thanks again. Have a safe drive, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Eric, and you have a great day, and, and good luck to everybody out there. Be safe. All righty. Take care.